Good morning. Welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We are reading the entire Bible together, book by book and chapter by chapter. Here we are, Zechariah chapter 4. The visions continue. Uh, I really like the way this one starts out. We were saying that these visions apparently are, you know, something that Zechariah is uh, dreaming perhaps at night. And it seems like this is one of those dreams, if you had it, where you're dreaming and then you wake up and then you realize, oh, no, wait, I'm still asleep. It's like Inception. So what does he see in his Inception dream? Well, he sees uh, a, a menorah. Oh, look at that. So what, what's going on there? And uh, we have uh, two anointed ones who he sees there in front of this menorah. What is what two anointed ones? What's going on? So, yeah, the, these interesting visions just continue. This is more stuff that seems to get picked up later on in Revelation there's a lot of cool stuff to see here. So looking forward to this one today in Zechariah chapter 4. And joining us today, we've got returning Pastor William Foy, pastor of Prince of Peace Lutheran Church in Valparaiso, Indiana. Welcome back, brother. This is a, this is a fun one today that we have. Uh, it should be interesting. <laughs> Put, putting it mildly. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a short one. Um, but yeah, this, um, I mean, we, we saw a little bit of this actually last time in Zechariah chapter three, how there was this, uh, the, the seven eyed stone, which seems to get picked up in revelation. And this seems to be now one of these chapters where this rich imagery seems to pop up again in revelation, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very interesting how, um, <clears throat> this is, uh, both something speaking to, Zechariah, as he's supposed to speak to Joshua and Zerubbabel, and then also um, potentially foreshadowing, uh, looking forward to some of the things that we'll see in the Revelation of John. Right, yep. Yeah. So that's that's always the, the tension, as you were just describing it there, that we, we're uh, it'll be easy for us to make connections, especially when we have things like Revelation, be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that, that's, you know, talking about the Lord Jesus. And, of course, that's, that's certainly the, the key thing. But we we can't gloss over. Now, hang on a second. We are we are talking about, as you said, people like Zerubbabel and what was going on in that time. And if we if we hopefully right, if we can pay attention to both aspects, we can kind of get the complete picture. Yes, I think uh, um, it's interesting spending spending some time in Luther the last couple oh, of yeah. days reading on this. He spends a lot of time uh, in the actual time right then and there of the uh, rebuilding of the temple and doesn't spend a great deal of time moving forward to some of the things that we might see in uh, Revelation. For sure, the the two that are standing by the lampstand um, who, you know, make us think very clearly of those two who were standing and then died and then laid dead for three and a half days and then are raised up again in in Revelation. So Mm -hmm. we can see what we can do with that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know that's that surprising. I'm glad that you did look at Luther because it'll be interesting to compare. Because you know, I, I think that from our perspective, um, Luther, like uh, I guess many in his day, we we would kind of, uh, I, I guess maybe especially from maybe a more, more of a scholarly perspective, um, would would say like, oh well, you know, like you know those guys, you know, back in that time, like they were super allegorical, right? Like everything was you know, like baptism and, and the Lord's Supper somehow, right? But uh, Luther, you know, it, for his day was, um, I, I mean, really, I mean, for him, for his time, 
he was somebody who was, I think, kind of known as someone who was really paying attention to like the historical side of things, who really was like, hang on a second, let's not neglect the historical dimension. And that was, um, yeah, I, I think that when you see stuff like him talking about that in this chapter, we're kind of reminded of that, that um, Luther actually kind of stuck out among his contemporaries uh, in that way. Yeah, I think he tries to stray away from the allegorical. He, in, in, in fact, you know, um, hints at a couple of the, the early fathers who did a lot of allegory and says, yeah, I don't think so. Um, let's yeah. go a different route here. And um, keeps it very contemporary to, to, to the rebuilding of the temple. Uh, although, yeah, as we all know, he has a very solid Christology. Um, right. He doesn't necessarily go there so much with this uh, in, in talking these things. He doesn't spend a lot of time in the Revelation uh, thoughts um, because he thinks he has enough here to just kind of talk about what's going on here. Yeah. Well, yeah, certainly it's a short chapter, only 14 verses, but we are going to have a lot, I think, to, to look at today. So glad to have you with us. Would you say a prayer for us as we read this and for everyone also listening along with us today? Certainly. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Dearest Lord God, Heavenly Father, you have given us your word uh, that we might read, learn, and inwardly, inwardly digest it. Though we know that now we see through a glass dimly, and it is sometimes difficult for us, Lord, to uh, know all the things that you would have for us to read, to understand them all. So grant us, Lord, patience and peace in your word as you lead us by your Holy Spirit to understand those things that we can, and to be peaceful with those things that we cannot. Grant that our reason would not uh, lord itself over your word, but would humble itself before your word and accept those things that you guide and lead us to. Strengthen and preserve us by your holy word. Lord, please be with all those around the world who certainly are concerned about this virus that's going around the world. Lord, please grant us peace. Uh, protect us from that, this plague that is coming upon the world, and grant that those who would care for us, would have wisdom and skill by your hand to stop it and to grant us healing and peace. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. You know, it wasn't until actually that that you were um, leading our prayer just now that I was making this connection that it seems like um, everybody hit the panic button on, on the coronavirus right about um, basically Ash Wednesday. Um, so that's, yeah. I, I don't, I don't claim to have any insight about that, except for that. It does seem like, well, I mean, as, as our Lord said, um, disaster seems to go hand in hand with repentance. Sure. Well, you know what he tells us, these things will come. And so I, I don't think we, we shouldn't be so cavalier and say, well, let's just take them in stride. No worry about it. Of course, we should see things as, you know, things leading us to think about things and repentance and so on and so forth. Absolutely. Um, but panic doesn't help. It never helps. And, um, you know, I, I don't know you uh, personally, but I presume that the two of us have been around long enough to see wars and rumors of wars all over the place and the many right. things that are discussed there. And and um, even my son was regaling me last night with uh, – all the things that were supposed to uh, bring an end to the world since I think it was 1998, you know, and you know, every year there's been something, right? And and everybody's had right. a panic over something. And, you know, it, it's, uh, it's ours to read this word. It's ours to try to understand it. But it's also in these things of his word that he gives us comfort and peace that he is always absolutely watching over us, looking out for us, has provided for us. And um, 
And through him alone, we have the absolute certainty in which we live, which is forgiveness of sins and salvation for the sake of his son, Jesus Christ, that as we now trudge this Lenten uh, road uh, to uh, Jerusalem and up to Calvary and to the cross as we, you know, carry our own crosses. And part of that might even be the fear of, of this virus, as we may have loved ones somewhere or the worry that it may come or will people take care of it. Um, he provides, he does, as he, as he did here for um uh, Zerubbabel and for uh, Joshua as they go back to, to Jerusalem as they're going to try to rebuild this temple and they have enemies all about them who don't want that to happen and who harass them and, and do these other things. And I think some of what we read this morning are the words of comfort and hope and assurance by the Lord that he will protect and provide that they will be able to accomplish what he has sent them there to do. Amen. And and I think that you're really, um, you know, helping us distinguish that, you know, in, in the face of uncertainty and disaster and, and these things that are, you know, rightfully um, feared, the, the two reactions that, that really contrast are panic and, and repentance because panic. Mm-hmm. And I think the difference really, as, as I was listening to what you're saying, like, I think it really comes out in that word that you were getting to. Uh, humility, like especially the humility that that comes from the fear of God, that we when we panic, right? It, it's because, well, at least in part, um, we get into this panic because we are convinced that we can do something about it, right? It's that kind of paradoxical reaction where where we kind of when we kind of convince ourselves that oh, like we are like the agents of our our own fate, and if only we do something, then everything is going to be okay, right? Because I'm in control of it all. And, and so, right. you know, you get you get that panic where there's kind of this mismatch between, well, I firmly believe that I can I can solve all the problems. But, oh, my goodness, how, how on earth am I going to do this? Right. So you get panic, whereas repentance is that is the idea. Well, hang on. I, I don't think that I can solve all of my problems and get myself out of every jam. In fact, I know that salvation only comes from God. And so if there's if there's some kind of uh, problem here. Uh, I mean that 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 really inspires then the the repentance that flows from that from that faith from that fear of God. So I mean yeah I mean that that, that humility and I think we see that as you were saying that um, you know it, do we do we have panic and despair uh, be, because you know we're we're just we're so convinced that we are it or do we have repentance that comes out of the humility that knows that God is the one who actually brings salvation. Sure. Uh, you know, I, I think, and and uh, absolutely to your points, and and I think that uh, the panic that you're talking about that we sometimes have, or they, or even the thought that um, <clears throat> somehow we've got to solve it, we've got to fix it, we've got to make it well, are things that come from that struggle of, of uh, faith and unbelief. Um, yeah. You know, how, how long do I have to put up with this perverse generation, you know, that always requires signs, and then the father says, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And I, and I think that's, that's a place of great humility that we should endeavor to find ourselves uh, regularly, you know, trusting in this word of the Lord, trusting in what he has done for us and shown us and continues to do so and give us in these things as, as what he has made us in baptism and what he continues to strengthen and preserve through his word and his body and his blood. And um, in that, you know, Lord, and it's a, I, I, I do think it's one most difficult petitions for us in Lord's Prayer, thy will be done. <laughs> right. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, that, that confidence of faith has to be able to say that and trust that because the faith 
that he has given us does in fact trust that. And so, as you've said multiple times right now, very clearly, you know, that humility that leads to repentance and this this uh, fear and love of the Lord, this trust of the Lord, that in all of these things, for us his called and elect children, therefore our good, and for our, his eternal purpose of our um, everlasting life in heaven by salvation wrought by Christ on the cross. Amen. Well, I think that's some that's some good kind of contemporary context as we are going to try to make some applications. But as you said, we don't want to neglect the the, the contemporary reference and everything going on here for people like Zerubbabel and Zechariah. Let's go ahead and turn to the text and let's just read the first verse and maybe we can just say, okay, here here's the first verse. Here's the next uh, chapter coming on here. Um, let's just try to connect this to what we've already read so far. So here's just the first verse. And the angel of the Lord who talked with me came again and woke me like a man who is awakened out of his sleep. Okay, so here again, it's the, this angel who talked with me. And, we, and we've been looking at this. There's a bunch of angels um, in, in Zechariah so far. We've had the angel of the Lord. Uh, which we have seen a couple times. There he was with Joshua the high priest. There he was mounted on the red horse, commanding the the, the heavenly uh, the the heavenly soldiers who patrol the earth, right? And so we we see this image of of preincarnate Christ. Um, but then there's also this angel who talks with them, and so this guy has reappeared. And uh, I, it's just an interesting moment here. After everything that he's seen, it's like, oh, hang on, uh, w- wake up from the dream, and and now it's like, well, he's going to see more stuff though. So, what, what do you what do you make of this? Uh, this really, in- I mean, because it seems like it's some kind of transition here. But what do you think? Well, I, I think I think that's a good point. I think it's I think we kind of have a, a almost a both and here kind of the idea he that there may be this this vision uh that he's kind of engrossed in this um uh, a, a vision stance or, or or whatever but also I think uh and and Luther kind of alludes to this that it's telling him to uh, this waking up as you know understand what I'm saying Listen to the things that you're hearing, and don't be unbelieving, but but hear them and proclaim them faithfully, uh, as to what they're telling you about um, about um, what's to happen here, and how I am uh, protecting you uh, and those who whom I've called to rebuild my temple to do these things. As you know, even as he's talked about uh, the, that capstone and 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 building these things and and. Um, doing that i think right. you know so there is something to be said i think for sure to to say you know is was he in was he in a in a trance with a vision um right. not unlike you know other prophets who've, who've been in those right. circumstances sort of as we hear you know john i was in the spirit on the lord's day they're on patmos right right so what is that what does that really mean or even or even peter up on the roof right um sure so is it is is that what this has been or is it it's time for you to get active here, time for you to go forth and say what I've got for you to say, right. time for you to to spread my word that will bring uh, comfort and, and, right. and, and courage to uh, um, Zerubbabel 
Um, I'm never going to say that one right. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, it's like it's like um, I tell everyone, like really, really, no one is saying it right, right? Because like you know, when you when you look at it like in in Hebrew, I mean, like what 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 is like the the Hebrew pronunciation? It starts in like Zeruavel or something like that, you know? With the I mean, but no one's saying that, so you know, right. ev- ev- everything is wrong. So just pick your favorite one. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so I think you're, I think you're correct there. You know, I, I think it's kind of a um, one. All right, it's time to. I've given you these visions. <clears throat> it's time for you to now to kind of wake up from that, so you can go forth and and talk about them, proclaim them. Um, you, you know, because you are you are my prophet. Uh, by the same token, um, it may even be you know because because immediately on the heels of that statement, wake up. He's now going to see a vision. <laughs> so, yes. you know, well, yeah. it, 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 so that can be kind of almost confusing to wake up, get out of this trance that you're in, or or to pay attention and wake up and yeah. see what I'm going to show you. So I think it's kind right, of both. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, and I think that's helpful because like, those are kind of basically your two the two directions you can take this. Now, I, I was sort of a, a little bit tongue in cheek at the beginning, being like, "Hey, this, this feels like an inception moment, right?" Where, you know, yeah, I, I, for me, this happens when I, when it's like a really bad night where it's like I, I have like a you know a child waking up like every thirty minutes, right? And you start having those dreams where. Like you're waking up in the dream, but then you're still asleep. And it's like, oh, man, I just can't keep track of what I'm awake and what I'm asleep this night. Right. Um, but yeah, you know, so is, right. is it like that? Right. Well, the thing is, um, you know, and there are some certainly some commentators who basically take it like that. They're like, well, see, actually, um, you know, because Zechariah didn't explicitly say that he was dreaming. He's just having these visions at night. And well, he was being kept up so long with this vision, he just he just fell asleep after chapter three. And so an angel had to come wake him up. Right. Um, and, and so, yeah, you know, there is kind of like a, a view of sort of taking it kind of more literally. But what, what's interesting and this kind of thing gets to your point, um, it, it seems like there's a little bit some, something a little bit more than uh, waking up, like in just kind of a, a, a literal sense to, to your point like about hey like understand or hey let, let's actually think about this here um because like it does say like in the hebrew which which actually gets you know carried forward in the esv pretty well it's like he woke me like a man who is awakened out of his sleep right which is just not what you would say if if it's just like oh yeah he just woke me up right because you know right. i was sleepy Certainly right i'm coming mean, away from right yeah, yeah, yeah. He was taking a nap. He was daydreaming. Yeah, some, he was thinking about some, other things. He says, "Okay, wait, and we're well, moving forward here. I got something else to say to you." Yeah, and, and and what I got out of this, looking back in chapter three, we saw how he's it's, it's this glorious vision, right? Of um, you know, the, the, there is Joshua the high priest just standing before the angel of of the Lord, and, and there there's Satan, and it's like, oh man, like you know, the high priest is there among you know, the, the, the celestial beings, right? Whoa. And then, mm-hmm. and then he gets clothed with, um, with new robes. And he, and then this is the funny part, right? What we saw where Zechariah just kind of blurts out all of a sudden in chapter five, like Joshua is like, you know, being silent and humble, but uh, Zechariah just can't help himself. He's like, oh, let them put a turban on his head. You know, he's getting excited about this. Right. You know, right. Um, and he, and he's just <laughs> seeing all this stuff. Right. And, and so I wonder if it's like, Hey, the, the point here is not that these are pretty visions, Zechariah, right? Like, this isn't like, oh, this is such a cool dream, you know? It was like, 
you know, uh, you know, one second I saw the high priest getting a turban and then, you know, the next moment, like I was like flying and I could use the force. What a cool dream that I had. Right. Like, no, no, Zechariah, hang on. These are visions with meaning. And so the angel who talks with them, because it's only this one particular angel comes back. Right. And he's going to start the very next thing. Right. It's like a question. Right. And, and there's going to be a bunch of questions back and forth. And it's like, hey, Zechariah, I'm showing you all this stuff, just as you were saying, so that you can go forth and tell people about this and preach because there's a message. There's content here. OK, don't just get, you know, you know, captivated by, oh, what a what a what a cool thing I saw. So, yeah, I, I totally yeah, I, I really yeah, like what yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was just saying, like, I think I think you were kind of like leaning a little bit towards that. And I, I just I, I think it, it, I agree with you and it just matches with the context better. Yeah, and I, you 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 mentioned the thing, uh, too, real quick that, he, you know, he's saying, you know, you need to go, you're going to need to go forth and preach. And and Luther takes a strain throughout uh, the, the, the book of um, it does some wonderful things in the first couple chapters, even talking about this faithfulness of pastors to go forth and preach the word that may not be really comfortable to preach, may not be really comfortable preaching the situation that you're going in. And certainly, yeah. um, you know, Zechariah, the first two chapters, of course, are the first chapter in particular is a really difficult chapter. You got to go tell them, look, you guys better yeah. get your collective act together with well, the same yeah. thing that happened to your fathers is the same thing that's going to happen to you. The Lord is going to punish you and mm-hmm. uh, turn his back on you. <clears throat> And then as he moves forward, but then he still has to give this encouragement to them uh, that they will continue to do what the Lord has sent them there to do, that he, that the temple will be rebuilt, that, that the Lord's, you know, the, the glory of the Lord will once again be in the temple where the people will come and be gathered by the Lord to, to hear his word, to worship and receive the holy food in the, in the courts of the Lord's house. And so, right. you know, wake up. I got some more stuff to tell you. You're going to see some things. I'm going to explain them to you. And then you need to go forth and, and preach, as you just said, preach these words of encouragement, law and gospel to those who are to do this work uh, and, and who are my children that I want comforted in the midst of some of the, the difficulty of being, you know, in a place where they've been exiled for 70 years and enemies right. don't want them to, yep. to have these things happen. Right. Yeah. And we were when we were looking at Haggai, too, we we're talking about just how difficult the circumstances really were. And, you know, what a what a tough crowd it really um, <laughs> you know, probably was yeah. that Zechariah is facing here. Let's go ahead and read the actual vision here. We only have a couple minutes before we got to take our break here. Uh, let's read the vision and we can kind of start kind of try to ba- break this down, at least the first part of it here. So this is here. It is verse two, then. And he said to me, what do you see? I said, I see and behold a lampstand of all, all of gold and a bowl on the top of it and seven lamps on it with seven lips on each of the lamps that are on the top of it. And there are two olive trees by it, one on the right of the bowl and the other on its left. And I said to the angel who talked with me, what are these, my Lord? Then the angel who talked with me answered and said to me, do you not know what these are? I said, no, my Lord. Then he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forward the top stone amid shouts of grace, grace to it. 
All right. So pausing just just there, we gotta try to break down <laughs> what what we're what we're seeing here, just like physically. So we only have like thirty seconds before our break, but can you just maybe just very briefly sketch out what is he looking at, like lips and lamps and bulls? Well, you know, yeah, sure. You mentioned the very beginning in your opening. You know, could be a menorah, um, could yeah. be very similar to the to the uh, the lampstand in Revelation one. Um, the spirit, but it, but certainly we hear then here the spirit of the Lord right there at the end of verse six, um, and so we have something uh, the stand with these with this pure light, it's just pure gold stand, so it's holy, um, non-contaminated thing. Um, We have a very interesting, those seven pipes to the lamps is something interesting, and Luther talks about that as this um, continual pouring in of what is necessary to keep the light lit, uh, this this oil, which would be the Holy Spirit, who continues to bring um, the word which keeps the light of Christ, because it is the deliverance of Christ um, the well, Spirit brings to them. And, and we're going to want to talk about the oil more, because especially at the end, that it, we're, there's something very striking with this oil. But we got, we got to take our break here. But everybody, hang on. We're looking at Zechariah chapter 4 here on Thy Strong Word. We'll be right back. Concord Matters is the program where we seek to be of one mind that is the mind of Christ. And to do that, Christ-confessing Concordians read through and discuss the Book of Concord, which is our Lutheran confession of faith drawn from Holy Scripture, so that you too may be of one mind and confess with Christ. Be sure to listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Central on KFUO Radio or anytime on KFUO.org or anywhere you get your podcasts. Until we convene for Concord again, keep confessing, church. Our listeners and supporters are talking about Worldwide KFUO. We live in Accra, Ghana, West Africa. We listen to KFUO through the internet. It's nice to listen to a church service going on here in the U.S., the music and the talk shows. It's been very uplifting, really encouraging. So thank you. Bringing the word of Christ to listeners around the world. To leave a message on the KFUO comment line, call 314-996-1542. Worldwide KFUO. On the next Lamplighter Theater. I cannot help but speak of the one who loves me. Jesus? Yes. Jesus is still teaching me about his boundless love. I long to have the same love for him and for others. The Christian has to be dealt with. Why? He has been talking to my parents about his religion. We kill the infidel tonight. Don't miss the next Lamplighter Theater. Saturday mornings at 11 on Worldwide KFUO. Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're looking at Zechariah chapter 4 today. And, yeah, this is this is an interesting one. You've got, you know, these, these visions upon visions here. And we were just talking about this, how it, it doesn't seem like it's necessarily just like, oh, he got sleepy and he needed to, you know, you know hey, 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 wake up, sleepyhead. But it, we're kind of talking deeper, like, hey, 
we, we need to understand what we're looking at. These aren't just pretty pictures. There's a lot of significance here. And so we have this, uh, this vision of a lampstand. There's lots of detail and we got to pay attention to the detail because there's something going on here. We're today joined by Pastor William Foy, pastor of Prince of Peace Lutheran Church in Valparaiso, Indiana. I want to make sure to invite our live listeners. If you have a question for me or Pastor Foy, you can give us a call at 1-800-730-2727, or if you're in St. Louis, 314-821-0850, or you can always send an email to kfuo at kfuo.org. Want to also make sure to thank our underwriters at the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. Thank you guys for your support. You can see more about what they do at their website, lhfmissions.org. So we just had this description, and um, and, and it's it's interesting because when you look at the like the commentaries, um, people are trying to like scratch their heads about okay, wh- what exactly are we looking at? Because um, yeah, because in in the intro I mentioned uh, you know a menorah because well literally in hebrew that's the word that's used right menorah but but that's the thing right are we are we talking about a uh the kind of menorah that you had in the in the tabernacle the kind that like moses used right um the kind that we had the description of and um say like uh you know i think it was in like exodus and leviticus right um or is this some other kind of a lampstand because it seems like the word in menorah in Hebrew anyway, it was a little bit more flexible because these, these are kind of unique and you were just starting to describe what they, what they maybe looked like. Yeah. I, <clears throat> I mean, it's a hard thing from these words to actually get a grip on that. Exactly. Um, some of the things I've read suggest that, you know, you would have, uh, um, as you said, the word menorah can be fairly broad as to what it's describing. Um, the idea that at the top of this lampstand there's one stem coming up and then from it there are you know seven stems going up from that that are seven lamps and each lamp then has to itself these pipes or these other things that come to it and, and are, are, are that's what's filled with oil that that runs down and keeps the lamps lit and and uh, the thought is even <clears throat> one of Luther's thoughts even is that there are seven of those pipes for every lamp so you'd have you know right. 49 potentially so so this um, this uh, prolific supply of oil to ensure that the lamps do not go out because the lamp is um, is is the uh, certainly symbolizes um, the light of Christ certainly symbolizes you know the Holy Spirit who brings Christ and um, the Word of God so uh, here he is in the middle of these two um, olive trees one on the right and one on the left that. You know, some of this we could understand as maybe being Zerubbabel and, and one of them being um, Joshua. Um, mm-hmm. We could, you know, jump to Revelation and look at it to be those those guys there who, uh, you know, the, the, the prophets who go preach there. But um, when he gets to verse five, you know, he says, well, this is what they this is what this is what they are. This is what it says. This is what it means. And then he gives us his word of the Lord to Zer- Zerubbabel. And it says, you know, not by not by your might, not by your power, but by my spirit, which is, you know, certainly represented by this 
lamp that is so well lit and has so much light and has such a rich supply to keep the light going, you know, as we think even to the ten virgins, right? I mean, the five who run out of out of oil, which is <clears throat> which is you know the faith that, that they've been uh, granted by the word that they don't tend, and then certainly right. the lamp stands in Revelation one, and. Um, so you know he's he's explaining it to us uh, although it's a it's, although it's this fixture or the, or the the vision he sees is of this fixture of this lampstand then the explanation of what it is and it's and not necessarily its function or its purpose but what it really is which is the Holy Spirit and the presence to declare the truth of the Word of God to give this encouragement to, to Zerubbabel who's in the midst of his enemies and maybe flagging in his in his uh, motivation <clears throat> or his courage to continue on with this very difficult task. Um, you know, you got, you know, um, the king of Persia is not too excited about it and, um, <laughs> you know, wanting right. them to, to not rebuild and, and not have this temple restored. And, and right. um, so, uh, yeah. and I think you yep. get, to, you, you know, you get to seven, if I can just real quick throw that in there, um, you know, seven, sure. um, you know, the, again, this, this is this word of encouragement to, mm-hmm. to uh, Zerubbabel, uh, don't worry. Don't worry about the king of Persia. That a great mountain because it mm-hmm. should become a plain. I will level it out. You don't have to worry about it. I will take care of that, and um, they, you know. And then the people will rejoice, and they will see that their enemies are destroyed. Even as you know, you really want to make that capstone back to verse eight of chapter three, the branch, right? I mean, well, right. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, so. certainly, and, and there and there we also saw seven, right? It was a seven seven eyed stone, a seven faceted stone, and uh, right. we didn't have a chance to talk about that that number seven yet, except we did, you know, briefly compare it to Revelation. How you know there you have a, a seven horned, seven eyed, like actually eyeballs there, um, <laughs> uh, lamb, right? Um, in Revelation, uh, and so it's interesting to consider. Okay, what is what is seven doing here? And I think you were kind of already basically um, get, getting there that. It's signaling that it, it's God's the one who's who's doing the work and not and not man. And and the way that you kind of piece that together, right, is that seven, of course, a reference to creation, where like who was the one who was working, right? Well, God. And then also, what happened on the seventh day? Well, there was this rest. And so, is this maybe kind of like what we what we saw again and again uh, a few times in Joshua, where there were these different moments where God would give them rest, not necessarily like a the, the permanent you know rest of okay no more enemies anymore right but a respite anyway right a break sure. you know like in the same way yeah. that um you know like it seems like in this moment as you were saying the persians right um and especially there were people among the persians who even though they were kind of you know okay uh, especially with like cyrus right uh, with with the decree of like okay yeah sure go back and you can rebuild uh, there there were not people who were super happy with that and we and we and we saw in in ezra later of course how later on um not not in this time but later on they were gonna have to contend um with some adversaries right who didn't like the idea of them rebuilding the walls they're like hang on hang on Uh, you don't want these people rebuilding do you know what these people do right they're rebels through and through you don't let you don't let you know you give them an inch they go a mile not these people right so um but there seems to be this moment where god is giving them some rest so that hey look i'm going to clear the path um some people have have commented that uh, they think that this was a time of some tumult among the persian empire where basically they had their hands so full with other stuff on the home front 
that basically Joshua and Zerubbabel could just get away with just kind of uh, building without asking permission, right? Just kind of one of those, like, well, we're just going to do this and we'll see what they say. Uh, so, you know, is this God kind of just, you know, clearing the path, right? Making a, making the, the way flat and plain, right? Um, so that they, yeah. they have this opportunity to, to build. And as, as we said in chapter three, that maybe that stone is, is, is the capstone, right? So it, it happening by, by God's power, as you were saying, um, that, that idea, not my might, not by power, but by my spirit. In the Old Testament, the spirit gets poured out. It, it's kind of a liquid <laughs> metaphor, right? And so all this oil, the spirit, it's God who's going to make this project happen. Well, even even where Christ is anointed with oil greater than his fellow man, right? I mean, the, the pouring of the Holy Spirit upon even, even the Christ, uh, his anointing and his baptism. So, <clears throat> you know, and you have... Very much in line with what you're talking about. Certainly, you have the, the the seven eyes on the stone. You have the seven lamps on the lampstand. So, so this unity of of the Godhead and each of the persons doing their particular, their specific, their particular work. The I, chapter three is this incredible language. The Lord rebuke you, Satan. I mean. You know, you hear those kinds of words, and those are profoundly powerful words, if we'll hear them. And, and this is our Lord who goes before us to protect us and follows in, in you know, behind, you know, uh, as we walk in his train to to drive uh, the enemies away that would otherwise um, destroy us and, and would compromise us in, in the things of trusting in his word and his faith. And so here he comes with his wonderful prophecy or just declaration really to Zerubbabel. Don't just do what you're, just do what you've come to do. Don't worry about it. Right. By my That's spirit, right. it will happen. And I will eliminate your enemies. They will be, right. you know, made, um, benign. I will, I will neuter them if you will. And you know, you'll be able to finish what you've been called to do. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, and I think that I mean all the imagery is actually pointing pointing there. Like you're you're helping us try to try to figure out okay, what exactly do these lampstands look like? And um, yeah, and and you're right. People kind of argue about what what exactly is going on. Um, I think that yeah, what you were saying, one of the ways you could try to construct this right is it's some kind of a lamp, and then it's just like. Uh, but it's got like a bowl that feeds into like other bowls that feeds into basically other bowls. So it's just, there's just tons of spots where like, there's just tons of oil, right? Like you were right. saying. Um, the other way is kind of trying to build it a little bit upside down. Like the thought of being like, there's like basically one just enormous bowl of oil that kind of feeds into like seven lower ones. And then those ones then feed in to like seven candles. But I mean, like, either way, the point, like how, how are you kind of build it, whether it's kind of like more like hanging or or, or just going up all the way, uh, like two things come to mind. Like one is, as you were saying, there's just gobs of oil, like this thing is not running out, which is significant because, um, you know, it, it points to just the, the copious abundance of the spirit, really, which we see in things like. You know, I mean, like, wh why, wh what, what's being celebrated at Hanukkah, right? Why are all th there all the lights? Well, because God wouldn't let the the light, you know, the the lamp run out of oil, right? Like, why do we have um, eternal candles in our sanctuaries, right? It's this right. idea that God's presence is there, like He keeps He keeps the the oil in that lamp, right? I mean, there's that there's that song, right? I remember this song from like Vacation Bible School, right? Like, 
Um, what is it? It's like, give me oil for my lamp. Keep it burning, burning, burning. Give me oil. Yeah, I mean, that one, right? Uh, I'm going to let you do a solo on that one. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, not, not, I, 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 everyone's, every once in a while, I just, I just feel like just like, all right, everybody, it's just thy strong word music hour, right? But you don't want that. So, um, but yeah, so, but either way, uh, just copious amounts of oil. And what's interesting, I think, is I, I think these giant uh, lamps end up looking like trees, which is striking because they're right next to olive trees, right? So, I mean, it's like... From when from you, uh, the oil have comes, them. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, right? So I, I think there's just this, like, the image is, is really cool where you've got these two olive trees, which is right, that, that we get the olives and then you press the olives, that's what gets you the oil. Um, and, and then it's like you, you have just tons and tons of oil that we're just making these giant, like, olive tree oil lamps right with so it's just kind of this this image of just i don't know just the abundance of god he's supplying the the whole thing right so uh, just lots lots of cool stuff and it all just complements exactly what you were saying in the historical situation Uh, let's go ahead because i want to make sure that we have, have time to look at all of this at here, least, at least got the, rest of the chapter right <laughs> yeah 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 right um because because the oil the oil kind of comes back in a really big way at the end and um we, i think we that, that's the thing we really got to make sure what we talk about so here let's pick it up in verse eight here so okay the, the again the image was uh, of, of the olive trees with these kind of olive tree oil lamps right here it is verse eight then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hands shall also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. For whoever has despised the day of small things shall rejoice and shall see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. These seven are the eyes of the Lord, which range through the whole earth. Then I said to him, what are these two olive trees on the right and the left of the lampstand? And a second time I answered and said to him, what are these two branches of the olive trees, which are beside the two golden pipes from which the golden oil is poured out? He said to me, do you not know what these are? I said, no, my Lord. Then he said, these are the two anointed ones who stand by the Lord of the whole earth. All right. Yeah. So if we thought we understood what was going on, now we just don't all over again. I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, there, there, you know, there, there is in the middle. It's like, okay, Zerubbabel is going to complete this thing, right? Uh, plumb line, you know, that's something that uh, we, we've kind of seen a little bit of this with this. It, it's just kind of, again, like you, you have like a measuring line to kind of get your length and width stuff. Your plumb line is to kind of get your vertical dimensions. It's he, he is going to be, it's not just going to be a foundation. He's going to go up. We are going to get vertical <laughs> on this construction project and he's going to finish it. So somewhere in there, we kind of basically know what's going on historically, but then you get these seven eyes and two anointed ones in particularly. I, I, I think those are the two number things that kind of jump out. So, what are we what are we making of of these at the end here? Well, I think that you know at the end of ten, the, the that ties it back. I think to to nine in chapter three, yeah, certainly. And so we you know we see who's there. I think that um, in verse nine, however, of four, 
um, that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you, um, that, that me is um, this angel who is really the Lord who's speaking. I mean, this is the angel of the Lord at this point. I think, it, I think, and um, uh, so, um, boy, my, my train just fell off the track for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, well, you know, yeah, yeah. So, you know, so, so it, it is interesting who, for, that for these who statements. Who day of small things? This day yeah. of worry and straining out all these other kinds of things is worried about. Um, they will re- they will rejoice to see the completion of this temple. They will rejoice to see the, the hand of the Lord to complete these things. Um, the Lord who will continue to watch for them and watch out for them and observe all the things of all the earth who will um, uh, continue to, um, again, be the vanguard for all of his children. Uh, but it also means, um, I think, uh, some of this prophetic stuff here is uh, this temple is not just the temple in Jerusalem. It is um, the the una sancta, if you will, even, um, and so it's you know all who are drawn in, um, you know, because it's working with the diaspora Jews, you know, be, you know, scanning throughout the whole earth to draw them all back again, kind of back to chapter one, and he calls them, even though it says it calls them out of the north, you know, brings all these people back, uh, will bring all the faithful in, so that. Um, even as we are kind of, I think, in, uh, I don't remember, it was three or four, I think it was three, two, I mean, um, you know, that, that plumb line was going to measure Jerusalem that it doesn't have, and it doesn't have a wall, right? So right. so here it becomes kind of this all-encompassing and all-embracing, which then kind of, you know, has to almost make us want to jump proleptically in these two who stand, these two anointed ones who stand before, you know, the Lord of the whole earth. I mean, you could say, you know, at this point that it's that it's um, Joshua and Zerubbabel right. uh, because they're doing this work of the Lord in the temple, on the temple, making it happen. You got a high priest and and uh, and another. Um, it could be those who are going to be then, you know, in the end of times preaching. But but could that two that are the anointed ones? Could it be? And I this really is a stretch, but mm. could it be? Word and sacrament, or the two sacraments, even um, that mm. are you know that are there. Not entirely. I think that I don't think that works very well completely. But um, you know, this is the thing then of the church. These are the marks of the church. This is where we see the church is built. Uh, the, the where the, where the Lord promises to be, where His glory is uh, in the in those who are the temple of the living God by virtue of their baptism and the anointing by the Holy Spirit in that baptism, where now are they then um, yeah. one of these? Okay, so okay. I, well, see, as as you kept talking, I was becoming less skeptical. Okay, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I, I, I can see, that. I can see that. I can. See, well, and the thing is, well, I, I think that because here's the connection in in my head, right, like. Um, it's striking. And this is, I think one of the, one of these things where you, you, you see the word anointed one and you say, hang on, what? Um, and, and so you look, you look at the, the Hebrew and the ESV even has a little, like, uh, when the ESV actually go ahead, goes ahead and includes a little like superscript there. It's got a little superscript too. It's like, hang on a second. We should pay, pay attention to what the words are. This is not the word, um, Messiah is i think right. actually really important that um it is right. not like we ha- it says like there are two messiahs here uh, for some reason it, it's kind of very deliberately gone and used a different term which is not used very commonly at all 
Um, it, it basically says, um, I mean, kind of, kind of <laughs> literally like kind of woodenly, it's sort of like sons of the olive oil or like the sons of the new oil or something like that. And right? that would be the baptized, right? Well, see, so that's like, okay, like now what, what is going on uh, there? <laughs> right. Like what, 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 what it kind of, and I think it's hard to say because it's like, this, this is not kind of the normal way um, of talking about like an anointed one. And so as, as, as I can figure it anyway, is that this seems to be a way of kind of basically calling um, Joshua and Zerubbabel anointed ones in, in, in so far as that they kind of together kind of amount to um, the presence of God, the representation of God that God would normally have through his, sure. his king, Absolutely. right? But, um, but it's been broken down into two right now. And so neither one of them is, is really quite like a Messiah, but yet they, they kind of, they, they are anointed in a kind of like lowercase a sense, right? Like they're, they, they are anointed ones, you know, little, little a, little o, right? Um, and, right. and not like anointed one, like big, um, big time yet. Um, and, and so I think that, uh, to, to your point though then right they are important though they are important right like they are it is important that that joshua son of jehoshadak doesn't have filthy robes and he really functions as a high priest it's important that zerubbabel as as haggai said is a signet ring on, on the finger of right. god right it's important that they really that they do this because to your point i mean they are kind of the marks of the church um in that situation right. have, that, you kind of you kind of had the priestly and the kingly yeah. kingdoms. Yeah, are, are yeah that's right. Uh, yeah, really. Right. We, so we, we, need, we, need, we need to see Moses and Aaron, right? We, we, we need to see, like, the people sure. that God has promised to be with, right? Because then we know, well, this is where he is, and this is where God's people are. So in that respect, I mean, I, I do think it actually kind of works to make the connection and say, like, well, yeah, those were the marks of the church then, you could say. Um, and we have the the marks of the church now, you know, which we say are are the means of grace, of course, our baptism um, in the Lord's Supper. And so I, I think in that sense, it's a totally legitimate uh, connection. the The interesting thing is is to consider it uh, consider this oil going on, right? And it's and it's just so interesting because okay, so where's the other little uh, superscript that the ESV has there? It's on the word golden oil, and what's the superscript say? Well, actually, the word oil isn't there, uh, which is kind of interesting because it's just then in Hebrew, it's sort of like, well, what, what's, uh, you know, we've got all this oil, presumably, that's being poured. And so Zechariah is like, OK, well, what, what's going on with just all this? There's just gobs of this being poured out, this golden. Well, he just does this golden stuff. Right. And, and, would, I, and would, I think, you, would you would you would you buy into? Yeah. <laughs> hate to do it that way. But you know, as it talks about these um, these two olive branches that drip into the receptacles, and then we hear that those are the anointed ones. They're in service to the gospel, and so as they faithfully and rightly do their work, encouraged by, led by, and protected by the Lord to faithfully do the work He's called them to do, they continue to bring glory to God, which is. Um, not that he needs anything from us, of course not. So you I mean you get kind of getting kind of a weird area there, but but they're faithfully doing that work continues then to um, 
I don't want to say it this way, but substantiate the work the Spirit is doing among the people as they see the temple rebuilt and they'll re-enter it. And as they see the Lord's protection as he's brought them back from exile into, you know, into the promised land and in, back into Jerusalem to do these things. And so, you know, what's what's just coming back is what's first been poured into them. Because, of course, yeah. you know, they, they, I mean, the, from the olive tree comes the oil, from the olives of the olive tree come the oil, um, yep. you know, and, but but God, you know, plants the seed that becomes the olive tree. And then the fruits of that faith, if you will, you know, maybe uh, those olives. I mean, I mean, you can get pretty convoluted pretty quickly. However, <laughs> No, no, I think it, it all ties I, together yeah. because it's the work of God who pours out his grace and his mercy upon us through his servants, you, me, yes, yes. And, and the other called and ordained servants. And that that yes. just continues to bring glory to God where it's done faithfully and well and, you know, supplements the continued pouring out of the gospel by, you know, by others than sending out other, you know, workers and missionaries who are then the anointed ones who go out into places and continue to proclaim the gospel. Yes, I, I think that, yeah, you're right. It, it can get it can convoluted fast, but I think that that's the kind of the, the direction of flow, right? If, if we can think of like these trees, right, are, are symbolic of the abundance that God has produced, right? He's the one who's providing this oil. And then you've got um, these two, Joshua and Zerubbabel, who are the kind of visible marks, and they're kind of the the receptacles, right, who are kind of passing this on. I, I think you're right. That, that's the idea that, you know, they are, they have the oil, they're the conduits of the oil, right? But that's just because the Spirit is getting worked and poured out through them onto the people. And, and, and that's what we saw, like, even like when we were looking at, um, you know, Haggai back in chapter two, this idea that, you know, God, you know, he, he pours out his word and he stirs up the spirit of the people, right? So he stirs up the spirits of Zerubbabel and Joshua. And then through that, the people get stirred up. And so yeah, it's, I think it really is actually at the end, this kind of conduit idea, this, this, um, I mean, really office of the keys idea that, you know, the, the the really i mean the, the the pastor right um because in some ways this is kind of what they're kind of collectively working as is is just that that conduit that's just passing along the good things of god um he, he's not the one who's generating it no look we have two olive trees right god's the one who's generating it but they're passing it on and that and that oil right is what gives us the the light of God's presence. So, yeah, uh, totally. amen. Amen. So, Thank you a lot much. of stuff going on in 14 verses, but I, I think very clearly something going on then, something going on for us. So, thank you so much, brother. Uh, You're looking welcome. forward thank to you. having you on really, really soon. Have Everybody, that was Pastor. Brother. Thank you. That was Pastor William Foy, Prince of Peace, Lutheran Church, Valparaiso, Indiana. Till next time, everybody. Peace. You've been listening to Thy Strong Word, produced by the Lutheran Church Missouri Senate Office of National Mission in cooperation with Worldwide KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the LCMS. Your support is vital for this program to continue. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at KFUO.org. Thank you for listening and supporting Thy Strong Word.